and welcome to the She's Busy AF podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Bordelon. I'm a former marketing agency owner turned marketing mentor. I'm a lover of all things tequila, travel, Taylor Swift, plants, and helping busy AF entrepreneurs sell the living heck out of their businesses. My podcast is filled with marketing and business knowledge to help you truly excel both personally and professionally in your entrepreneurial journey. You'll put down your phone after each episode and be infused with techniques and practices that allow you to work less in your business and more on your business so you can ultimately step back when you want and enjoy the sweet, sweet fruits of your blood, sweat, and tears-filled labor. So with that being said, open up your note app or your favorite notebook and let's jump on into the She's Busy AF podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode. I cannot believe we're on episode 19, but I think it's actually more like episode 21 because of Tequila Fridays. But (laughs) for the She's Busy AF aspect of everything, we're on episode 19. That's freaking crazy to me. Um, I remember starting this journey and being like, don't know where this is going to go. Really excited about it though. And really excited to talk about like business stuff and even just to have a podcast. Like that's dope. So today's topic is an interesting one. It's definitely something different from what I've normally talked about, but it's really important because it's something I struggled with a lot. It's something that clients I have struggle with a lot, and it's really just knowing what's next in your business. What is the next thing? You should never be, as an entrepreneur especially and as a founder, you should never just be like happy with where you're at right now. You want growth. You want expansion. Like You don't want to stay stagnant. You just That's not how you build an amazing, sustainable brand that's innovative and makes waves. And maybe for some people that's that works for them and that's great. But most founders and entrepreneurs I've talked to constantly want more. And I think that's what makes entrepreneurs, founders, like that's what makes us so great is we constantly want more for ourselves. And it's the same thing for our business. So let's get into it. I want to talk about how you can figure out what's next in your business. So I'll start with this. When you're running your own business, there's typically no one there right next to you helping you or telling you what to do next. In my opinion, there really shouldn't be because that destiny is in your own hands. But because of this, it can be difficult and scary to know what's next for you, know what's next for your business and the growth of it. It doesn't have to be scary though. What I have noticed though is that when it gets to the point of what's next for founders, like you're sitting there like, what's next? There can be this downward slump associated because the unknown is inherently scary and difficult. It's that's just like human nature to be like, oh, like, I don't know what's next. This is scary. This is where you have to fight through. This is where you should get excited. It means that there is so much opportunity. You just have to know where to look. So like on one hand, I get why it's scary. On the other hand, I've gotten to a place now where I'm like, this is so exciting. I can do anything I want. And if you go into it with that mindset, you're going to set yourself up for success. So after a couple years of running and operating multiple businesses, I've definitely narrowed down a few ways. I've always been able to predict what's next for me to take away from, to really take away from the fear of the unknown and to help me better prepare for the expansion and growth as a business so I can sustain and survive. So with that being said, let's dive in. I'm going to share with you four big ways to know what's next in your business. So number one is that you have to be obsessed with your finances. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) I know this is a topic that's like, seriously, Lauren, finances, really? This is not exciting. 
it wasn't exciting for me for a very long time. In fact, it was scary. I avoided it. I was probably worse than most founders and just like all I thought about was the money coming in. I wasn't budgeting. I wasn't looking at where the money was going. I just know it came in and it came out really quick. It's really important in predicting what's next to like project your income, to have a projected income, to know what you're making for the rest of the year. Like literally in the system I use, I use a task management tool to project my income. Don't ask why. I just love the platform so much. It's called monday.com. But I have all my invoicing laid out in there. And while it may not be 100% accurate, like match up with my books, it does give me a projected overview of what invoices are going out for the rest of the year. So I could tell you it's June right now. I could tell you what I'm making between June and July with contracts I have in place with work I have upcoming. It's really important to have that oversight because you are going to have to fill the the holes. You're going to have to plan for those down months so that you can fill those holes. For example, if you know you have a high cash injection coming in from the close of a project, maybe you did like 50% deposit upon start, 50% upon completion, but no later than XYZ date. And so that month, let's just say that's November, you have a huge cash injection there. What about December? I always tell the story about how my worst month was December 2019 and we did $2,000 that month and I had employees. (laughs) So I had to dip into my savings that month, but I hadn't planned for it. I should have known months prior that that was going to be a real shit month if we're being completely honest. But I just assumed we would recoup and we didn't. Our buyers weren't doing crap in December. We also hadn't really set ourselves up to renew contracts. Like there's so many learning lessons from that. But the point being here is to be able to know what's next. You need to be able to project that income so that you can plan for what's next. You can plan to fill those holes. Or maybe what that means, like for me this year, I plan on taking most of Q4 off from new business. So whatever comes my way, cool. But I am not, I'm really going ham in Q2, Q3 so that in Q4, I can ride it out. So I know looking ahead at Q4 right now, like that stuff's going to stay. I'll plan for what's next come Q1 and whatever else falls into place. Awesome. That's a bonus for me. I plan to hit my goals in Q3 for the year. So again, really being obsessed with your finances. The second thing is going to be studying your trends in your industry and looking at competition. So the first thing about studying trends, there's so many ways to do this. I mean, what podcasts are you listening to? What reports are you downloading? I'm half of what I do. Actually, it's 80% of what I do is consulting. 20% of what I do is mentorship. Mentorship comes from my soul, comes from the experience I've gathered. So there's not a lot of like industry trends I'm following there, like perhaps with other coaches and mentors to see like what programs are developing and what's resonating with audiences. Sure. Or the fact that like nurture sequences don't really work anymore. So you have to find other ways to sell to people. Sure. Like those are things I'm studying. But on the flip side of it, like I'm also studying market trends. I'm studying like what's happening with social media. I'm downloading trends reports. I am reading books. Some It's so funny for the longest time. I'm like, I'm not going to read books. That's a waste of time. <laughs> I just had to find the right books. <laughs> there's some books that I just like could not get into, but then there's things that are made for more visual learners like me. And I got into them and it's exciting. And it's really crazy what happens when you just get outside of your little bubble, outside of your little vacuum and like really expand on what you know. So. It's really important that you have an oversight of the trends in your industry. It puts you ahead of everything. It helps you plan, again, for what's next. If there's going to be a huge change in the algorithm on Facebook and you're a social media manager, how are you going to pivot? Are people going to want to still work with you because what you offer is going to become obsolete? How do you predict that then, okay, how are you going to change? How are you, I hate the word pivot, but like, how are you going to pivot to continue to make money? 
really important to be ahead of those things. And then as far as competition, I mean, double-edged sword. With competition, it's really funny. I was joking the other day with my coach. Yes, coaches have coaches too. I was joking with my coach. I was like, gosh, darn it. Like this person is launching a program around the same thing I'm launching. How I found out is she sent an email about it. And what I did, and I'll kind of get to like why at the end of the day it was fine. She sent an email. I saw the title. I knew exactly what it was going to be about. I didn't open it. What I then went and did was finish the outline for a program I'm launching, finish the structure for the service that it was, and poured my heart into that. And then I went and looked at what she was doing. The issue with like the double-edged sword side of things I'm talking about, the issue with having that keen eye on your competitors can be that you let it influence and mold the way you do things which is a good and a bad thing, right? Like you don't want it to influence and mold your beliefs, but maybe it influences and molds how you do or don't do things based on how they're doing them. So maybe you go at it for a different promotional strategy. Maybe the structure looks a little different. Whatever that may be, it's important to have some sort of eye over them, but don't get too obsessed. Don't get too involved. Don't let it heavily influence, let's just say like how you write your content, how you structure your programs because it can sometimes look like you're mirroring them and that can get into your own head and you're constantly questioning like, should I do it this way? Should I do it that way? They're doing it this way. Here's the thing. Just because your competitor's doing it one way doesn't mean it works. You are not them. You are not inside of their bank accounts looking unless you are friends with this person, like seeing what's working or not working. Go with your gut. Go with what conversations you're having with your with your ideal clients, with your clients themselves. But at the end of the day, studying those trends, having a keen eye on competition is going to help you predict next what's next and going to help you to continue to innovate. All right, so the next thing is going to be that you always need to be having conversations with your clients and genuinely care. Kind of piggybacking off what I was just talking about, there's a lot of importance around this. Your current clients, I've said this a million times, your current clients are going to be your easiest sell. I'm going to repeat that. Your current clients are going to be your easiest sell. When you are done with a project with them and they're happy and you are happy, what's next? If you don't have something for them, maybe you should assess that. And we'll talk, I'll talk about this a little later. I have a program we're launching around this, but you need to have something that's next for them. You also need to be having conversations with them to be able to develop those things that are next. Develop that next step in the process. Fitness how you offer something. You know, maybe you executed a program for them or a service for them and you were like, oh my gosh, Noel, now I know so much more and I could finesse it, change it, do something a little different here. And for the next client that comes in, really make this a standout service, be able to provide more value, maybe be able to increase your pricing. Again, you are evolving as your clients evolve, but it's important that they're happy. (laughs) Client experience is everything. The other reason why like, you really want to be having conversations and really be caring is so that you can see what else they're struggling with and look to adapt and expand to meet those needs. So launching a program around this all-around business expansion and what I believe business expansion is, which I guess everyone has different views of this in the online space, but truly like textbook definition, it's, it's expanding your profit. It's expanding the revenue streams you have. It's expanding as a business offering more services, changing your services, starting new businesses. There's so many ways to go about it, but really it is adding revenue streams to your business. And like I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, if you're not growing as a business, you're not innovating, you're going to fall behind. And sure, you may be able to sustain for a little bit, but things have to change within the structure of what you have to offer, especially in the day and age we live in or you're not going to keep up with the needs of consumers. So again, 
expanding is going to be very important. Okay, the last one here is you're going to need to have the willpower to not just give up. I really want to stress this. As a business owner, as a founder, things get sticky. Things get hard. Things get uncomfortable. You do things that you think to yourself, I never want to effing do this again. That's normal. That's like the ugly side that people don't talk about in entrepreneurship. It's great because you can create your own boundaries. You can set your own schedule. But again, like you're going to do things you don't like doing. So you have to have this willpower to not just give up when things get hard. Solutions for this, because I know, I know that there are times when you're just like, I can't do this. Why am I doing this? The imposter syndrome sets in. It's okay to take a full-time job if you're struggling and the money is just not there and you're really just like, I need income. There's nothing wrong. You're not giving up on your business by taking a full-time job. You're providing your business with the fuel it needs to keep going. You're providing yourself with the fuel you need as a human being and your human like needs to keep going. So it's okay. It's okay to take a step back, to take a freaking vacation. In fact, I encourage this. The times that I have taken a step back, I have noticed like so much more growth in my business, like people coming to me, reaching out, or I have new and innovative ideas. When I'm stuck in my business day in and day out 24-7, I just get in a rut and I'm like not as creative. And I know a lot of people function this way. So it's okay to take a step back. That will help you in not giving up. And finally, your business and what you do inside of it should look different as you grow and as you get into the groove of the success that you desire. Pushing through and not giving up is how you grow. It's how you learn. It's how you make changes so that you can sustain as a brand and as a human being. So I just want to recap real quick the four things I've learned to be able to predict what's next in business. The first one, you have to be obsessed with your finances. The second, you have to be studying trends in your industry and looking at competition. Number three, you always need to be having conversations with your clients and a genuine care for them. And number four, you really have to have that willpower to just not give up. So before I hop off here, I want to remind y'all that or tell you (laughs) about the new and improved Camp Good Time, which just launched. It's changed a lot from probably when you've heard about it on previous podcasts or if this is the first time you're hearing about it. Cool. Welcome to the club. I have so affectionately turned it into a two-part live series, a two-day workshop, and a three-week live group coaching program. And it is all centered around business expansion, around not being stuck in where you are right now, about continuing to grow, having that mindset of like never giving up. (laughs) I've got this growth, sustainability, so that you can continue to stay the founder and entrepreneur that you are and that you set out to be and, and really just get to the success that you believe is for you. So like I said, the entire focus of it is business expansion and we're 100% going to dive deeper on this whole like what's next subject and really the point is you're going to walk away with a plan, (laughs) a plan for you to be able to navigate the waters of growth and business expansion, all the things that make you the founder you are today and what does the future founder of you look like. So I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. You can check out the information and pricing. It's broken up into two. So if you just want to attend the workshop and you're good there, cool. Uh, If you want to carry on and learn more about like how to price your new expansion, how to really create a a business strategy, a marketing strategy, all of the things for this business expansion, how to create (laughs) recurring revenue with referral sources. These are all things we're going to talk about in the three-week live group coaching program. There's a huge emphasis on support with this as well. I am not just a teacher. (laughs) I didn't get to where I was today by reading textbooks or taking courses. Like 
I did the work myself. So I'm here to kind of dive into the trenches with you and help you, you know, really help you and support you and guide you to creating an amazing plan for your business. So again, link is in the show notes and I will see you on the next episode of She's Busy AF. 